You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to our little corner of the podcast world, my friend. We are so dang excited that you're here with us because wow, today's episode is about to be a juicy deep dive on all things second shooting. My photographer's in the house. This one is for you. This has been a highly requested episode and a topic that Evie and I were shocked that we've never considered like covering on the podcast before, like oopsies, uh, oversight on our part. <laughs> Anyways, if you are a photographer or you want to be a photographer and you're ready for a boot camp training on why second shooting is important, how to get into second shooting and what you'd want to do to actually be a dang good second shooter, this episode is for you. We cover everything from the value of second shooting itself and how to harness it for your business growth, ways to land second shooting gigs and super practical tips from there, all the way to a super passionate breakdown of how exactly to go about being the world's best second shooter on an actual wedding day so that your main photographer will walk away thinking, holy heck, who is that person? I need them for literally every wedding I do from now on. Like that's the goal as a second shooter. That is really the goal. So um, I would definitely recommend grabbing a notebook for this one because it is about to get meaty real fast. All right, pen ready? Great, let's dive in. All right, all right, all right. The next heart conference is coming to Dallas, Texas on October 10th through 12th, 2023. We are freaking out, guys. The Dallas Heart Conference presale tickets are live right now. This week only until Sunday, October 23rd, presale tickets are 40% off. We are absolutely insane for doing this, but we love you guys so much. And we wanted to make this next conference as accessible as possible to you. They say everything's bigger in Texas. And honestly, we took that a little bit to heart because the Heart Conference is coming back bigger and better than ever before. And we want you in the room. This is going to be the biggest event of the year and you do not want to miss out. But don't take my word for it. Here's what some past Heart Conference attendees had to say about their experience. Morgan said, this week changed my life, period. Allie said, I would have paid five times over to go again. The gals from Savvy Design Co. raved about the Heart Conference saying, this week will go down as one of the most pivotal experiences in our business. And our girl, Christiel said, to say this was transformative would be an undersell because I don't think I could put into words what it felt like to be fully accepted and cheered on by 150 plus fellow entrepreneurs. Friend, do not wait. You need to be in this room. It's going to change your life. To snag a ticket for a whopping 40% off, the cheapest it will ever be this week only, head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. And we cannot wait to party rock in Texas with you next year. Again, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash conference. Do not wait. Dallas is calling. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, let's dive on in. I'm excited for this episode. I don't, I, I'm just still like kind of jaw on the floor that we haven't covered this before on a podcast. We do have training in our photo major, like course. So we That's haven't true. ignored it. It's just, we forgot to, I guess, do it on the podcast. Well, and I think we, when we started the podcast, we wanted to avoid hyper specific photography specific episodes. Um, just because, I mean, this is an episode that like truly 
will not apply if you're not. Well, well, I mean, you could actually still learn you could, a lot. You could actually cherry pick some some concepts from it that you could apply to other things. But like in in the general scheme of things, if you're clicking and you're listening to us right now, you probably are a photographer. If you're not, welcome. We love you regardless. Um, but yes. you're probably a photographer. So anyways, let's just get into it. Like, what is second shooting? Why should we do it? Why why do we recommend doing it? So really in the, today's episode, we're really going to be talking about wedding photography, like wedding mm-hmm. photographers. That's really where second shooting comes into play. You don't really second shoot for anything. You may be assistant or something. Or, or like shadow. Or like shadow shadow yeah. people on a shoot for other types of photography. But for second shooting, that's usually... What is second shooting? That's usually the second photographer on a wedding day. So usually there is a main photographer. And then if they have assistants or if they have a second shooter, it's basically just like the number two person. Yeah. It's like A cam, B cam type of situation. If you're familiar with like video terms whatsoever. Yeah. So why is it valuable? Let's talk for a second about, you know, why? Because I'm sure if you were listening to this episode, you are very familiar with educators, even us saying one of the best ways to get into the wedding photography industry and whatnot is to begin second shooting. So why? Why is that helpful when you're starting your business? Lindsay, do you want to cover it? Yeah, I think especially for wedding photography. Wedding, If you want to be a wedding photographer, it is one of those things where no one will usually hire you as a wedding photographer if you don't have experience and portfolio. Unless but, you're like a good friend who's like, do this for 50 bucks and you're like, great. <laughs> or, or they're like a hardcore price shopper that doesn't care, right? Yeah. Or, but, but, but the, the, the catch 22 situation is that in order to actually get experience, you need to shoot. But if, if no one is hiring you, you're kind of stuck in this like limbo. Well, that's where second shooting comes in. And even both yeah. a step before second shooting, I would almost say if you've never shot a wedding before ever, and you, and you maybe haven't even attended weddings as a guest, like you just want to see what an experience is like on a wedding day, which I will say a, a vendor's experience on a wedding day is very, very, very different than a guest. So even if you have attended weddings, I would still recommend if you're wanting to get into wedding photography yeah. to first shadow people, just like reach out. We're going to get into all of this, but this is almost the step before second shooting. Um, it's just a shadow, just to assist, like not even hold a camera, but just be purely like a, a hog mule. Is that a gopher? Word? A gopher, thank a you. Pack a pack mule. A pack, that's what I meant to say. Like a, a pack hog mule. mule. What's a hog mule? I don't know. I made that, I, I just <laughs> made it up right now. Um but to be like an assistant and helping yeah. the main photographer on a wedding day, that'll just give you experience even before a second shooting of just how weddings work and all of that. Sometimes, obviously, you don't have to do that. Sometimes you can just go right to second shooting if you do have experience. Because I mean, the thing is, if you want to be a wedding photographer, maybe, yes, getting wedding experience itself might be hard, but you can go out and shoot. You can set up styled shoots. Like you can do things to practice the art of photos itself. So like, I will say for myself, I never assisted a wedding. Like I just started with second shooting. Um, yeah. But it depends on like, you know, obviously your story and where you're at. Yeah, um, I did. Did, start I answer, did I even answer the question? You kind of did. I'll dive into more. Okay. Um, so, so just to give a little context, I'll dive into the second. But I, I did start, my first wedding was a shadow wedding before I then, uh, assisting shadowing, before I, I then dove into second shooting. I That's a whole story. It's a whole story. I'll tell you that. Anyways, the value of second shooting is growing hands-on experience and really learning from and training under someone who really knows what they're doing. Because weddings are a whole different beast. Even if you have all the confidence in the world and you're really good at photography itself, the art of taking photos, there is still a whole different beast that you have to learn to tackle and a big learning curve. You're dealing with a timeline when you're dealing with things that you have to capture once and they don't happen again, like the first kiss or, or like a moment where like 
the the father-daughter dance is happening and they hug. And if you miss it, they don't hug again. Not that you have to get like the hug shot. Okay. But like, there's just like a million different things on a wedding day that like you get one chance to do it. Yeah. So learning from somebody and being able to kind of train under them without that pressure of being the number one person who is solely in charge of everything is so helpful. Seeing how they interact with their clients, all of it. And on top of that, it's a really great way to build portfolio and to show yourself doing what you're actually doing. Like what Lindsay said of like, you know, that that ability to showcase like, hey, I have shot weddings. I am familiar and comfortable around the wedding like uh, atmosphere. I have work to show you that'll intrigue you and get you excited for me to work, you know, on your wedding day. Like all of that. It is it's truly one of the most beneficial. It is how I'm pretty sure like 99% of photographers get into weddings is via the avenue of second shooting. It is not just, oh, this is one way to get into it. It is one of the only ways and one of the best ways to really get into wedding photography. And we will recommend it till the day we die. Like this, it's, it's so powerful. So So how do you get into them? All right. Well, let's dive into that. So you are trying to reach so well, you're, you're trying, you're like, okay, yes, I want a second shoot. How do I go about doing that? So the best way I think first is to reach out to local photographers in your area. Now there is a whole meaty, just a lot to say with that point alone. There's a lot that you can do right, a lot you can do wrong with this. Um, I've, I've had many people over the years reach out and just being like, Hey, I would love to second shoot with you. And like, that's more or less all they say. So don't do that. This is my recommendation. Well, first of all, we have go to episode 92. Um, I think that episode is like a breakdown of how to write a good pitch email. And we're not specifically talking about second shooting in that episode, but a pitch email, like the principles of it can apply no matter what you're pitching, right? So in this yeah. scenario, you are pitching a local photographer asking how you can serve them by second shooting, right? So obviously the first thing when reaching out is to send a good pitch email, which we explained in that episode. But some more specific examples for second shooting, share the gear that you shoot on. Share if you're willing the- to rent any too, like if you if you only oh, have, yeah. you know, let's say you start with a, a Rebel T3i and you recognize that a photographer shooting a wedding might not want their second shooter to be shooting on a crop sensor T3i. So you offer, hey, I'm happy to go rent these cameras and these lenses. Like be, yep. be very specific. On my own done. Yes. Because you don't want... Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So share your gear, share examples of your portfolio. I can't even stress how friggin' important that is. Like, obviously that that's arguably one of the main things that like I would, or any probably photographer would care about when considering a second shooter. Like, I want to know if you know how to freaking work your camera. Right. Um, so examples of your portfolio, share the experience that you've had in the past, like share genuinely what you've shot before. If you second shot shot before, or if this is your, like you have zero experience and please, please, please for all that is holy and whatever, be honest. Don't try and make it sound like you've shot a bajillion weddings. If you genuinely have it, I would much rather someone be straight up honest with me and say, Hey, I have no experience, but I am willing to learn. I am willing to even just come and shadow you. Like I am like, that's ethical. That is honest. And I am much more likely to hire someone like that versus somebody who like has questionable portfolio and says, I've shot like so many weddings. Yeah. Like, and then I look and it like doesn't match up. Or even avoids that entirely and says something, you know, like, like avoids the question of how much experience they've had. If I have to sit there and ask or wonder if a person like, have you ever shot a wedding before? Are you brand new? Are you experienced? Are you moving to the area and just trying to to hide it in the sense of just trying to gloss over it to make it seem like that's 
Yeah. Like if it, if you, if it feels like something's being concealed from me in, in any aspect of their experience or portfolio or anything, I am most likely not going to spend time like pursuing, asking questions, interview, like it's just not worth it. And a lot of yeah. photographers will probably feel that way as well. Oh, so good. And then lastly, in that email, share how you can serve that photographer. Like that is the prime objective. You don't pitch asking for something solely from someone. Like, you're, I mean, technically, yes, you're technically asking them if you can shoot. For an opportunity. Like, yeah, for an opportunity. But anytime you write a pitch email, which again, we write in, or we tell, break this down a lot more in episode 92, but you want to position an ask as a service. Like, hey, how can I serve you on a wedding day? This is what I would love to uh, give you as an asset to your wedding day. Like, how can I serve you and come alongside? I, I wouldn't even say how. I would say these are the ways that I can help you on a wedding day by XXX, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, like lead with value and service every time. And that's a much better way to start than just being like, sending like a hotshot photographer in your city, a quick DM. It's like, Hey, I love you. I follow you. I just really like to like second shoot with you sometime. Like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm deleting that. I'm sorry. I'm not well, deleting that. But when, and just to give some context too, when I was in the height of my full-time photography career, I had an entire freaking spreadsheet because I was shooting destination full-time also at that point, I had a whole spreadsheet of, I think it was like 250 photographers that had reached out wanting to second shoot with me. And I had Mm -hmm. them like sorted by their state, like their location, their experience, their gear list. Granted, my assistant helped me create that. But just so you know, depending on who you're reaching out to, there are a lot of photographers who are wanting or willing to second shoot with them. And you have to stand out, which is kind of why we're, we're, running you through like a good pitch email. Do not just be like, I would love to second shoot with you. Like go in depth and be willing to give, here is my going rate. Here is how much I expect. Or just be like, here's, you know, I'm willing to work with whatever budget you have. I'm so excited for experience. I'm willing to do this for free. I would just love the experience. Like be straight up. Craft that email. Like don't make the person that you're reaching out to work for any other more information or ask you any other information, like give them all the information that they would ever want or need. Yep. Even like availability. If you're, if you're, you know, Hey, I'm available this entire year. I'm off on Saturdays and Fridays, whatever, whatever that looks like. Or you could say, Hey, I do have several weddings of my own in September, but I am available July through, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like, just be straight up. The other... Oh, oh yeah. I, I have a question, Evie. When you had that document, I, cause I think you worked with second shooters a little bit more than I did. So yeah. I never like, I just didn't, I just picked people. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but what, what made you choose from that? Like if you had like 250, obviously you have to choose the state if you're, well, you know, whatever, wherever you're going to, yeah. but like among the photographers that you had that had reached out from each location, how did you pick? Like what helped you? Yeah. It was, I mean, it was everything that we just listed. It was, oh, okay. yes, it was their skill set and their experience. Sometimes it depended on the wedding. If it was a wedding where realistically it was pretty small, pretty short, pretty easy. I didn't really need like a super strong second. Like I didn't have to have somebody going over to the guys while I was working with the girls or anything like that. I was more willing to work with someone newer or, or whatnot. But if I was shooting, let's say in Italy or Germany or whatever, and I had never been to the location that I was, I wanted to try to find someone local and strong who could really help me with like a a big deal destination wedding where my clients are paying a lot, flying me out. Um, and I would really pay attention to their pitch email. I, I put ratings, (laughs) I shouldn't say this, but I put ratings on that spreadsheet system of how much they stood out to me. I would star the ones that 
came in that I was like, this person had a good pitch email. I really like their portfolio. So when I would go to look, I would immediately scroll fast through the stars and see which ones stood out to oh, me and if they were so in the you area. Didn't, you didn't even look at the non-stars. Ooh, that's oh, good. I did. I did, but I would look first at the stars. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But like still. those were my first picks were the people who really stood out to me. All right, guys, get us. <laughs> the goal is to get a star. <laughs> I um, love it. Um, anyways, with that being said, reaching out to directly to local photographers is a great way. There's also the method of connecting in local Facebook groups, um, second shooter groups, uh, Honeybook Connections has amazing platform. And there are oftentimes posted photographers will be like, Hey, second shooter needed. I know in our photo major elite Facebook group, we have our students consistently be like, Hey, second shooter needed for this date. Um, well, and honestly, now, now for me, that's where I go for my second shooter. Oh, like, me too. I, I 100% like, I'm sorry, general population of the world, but no, I'm giving, but, uh, I'm giving the opportunity to a core student. To a core student who has paid money to learn from us, who is, you know, working on building their business consistently. Like we're, we're going to offer that first. But with that being said, there are lots of other like Facebook groups and places. I know that's where I spent a huge portion of my time, um, you know, being willing to pitch myself in, in those scenarios. Quick story of my first couple of stories of getting into second shooting. The first one, the one that I shadowed on, uh, I think I've shared the story in depth on the podcast somewhere, but I was following a photographer at that point. I was just getting into photography. I mean, I, I had, a, a like crop sensor. It wasn't really a crop sensor, but it was, it was the six sixty D, which was kind of like the intermediate camera and like an old film 50 millimeter lens that I had an adapter to my like camera. Like I was, and I'd thrown away my kit lens at that point, but whatever. I was very beginner. I followed this photographer who was amazing. Um, Sarah Long was her name. She was from Ohio. And I went to a wedding. I'd reached out to her and messaged her, I think, to like try to hang out with her, get coffee, whatever, learn from her. And then I went to a friend's wedding and she was the photographer there. And I went straight up to her. I was, oh gosh, what was I? 16, 16 or 17 or something. And I walked straight up to her and was like, your name's Sarah, isn't it? Aren't you? Introduce myself, talk to her. Um, she was super pregnant at the time. And I was like, hey, I would love to second shoot with you. I'm really trying to get into weddings, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, I only ever shoot alone. I don't shoot with second shooters. And I was like, oh no, like hopes crushed, dreams shattered right in front of me. And I was like, okay, well, she's like, but maybe sometime we can get coffee or something. She was so sweet. And she was like, let's exchange numbers. And then a few days later, she texted me and was like, hey, I realized I am now, you know, seven, eight months pregnant. I forget how far along she was. And I'm shooting a bigger wedding in a couple of weeks. And I would really love to have like an assistant there to help me carry bags and lighting gear and all this stuff. And, you know, you're welcome to bring your camera. And when you're not helping me and assisting and, you know, carrying, you're welcome to shoot around me as well to, you know, whatever. And that was my first, like no paid experience. I was just a pack mule all day long. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Sarah was so amazing. And then another friend's photographer, this was like how I really got into it. Another friend's wedding photographer. I started messaging her on Facebook when she posted the Facebook photos. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. Blah, blah, I started talking to her. And then I was like, I'd love to second shoot with you. And she was like, I need a good second shooter and started chatting with me. And then I shot with her like almost every weekend for like a year and a half before I went full-time for myself. So you can really reach out one-on-one. -on -one. Just don't be afraid to put yourself out there and really pitch yourself 
And then Lindsay, I know you have an example too, if you want to share it. I do. Although hearing that, I'm like, I second shot, like I think one or two times before I did my own thing. But I think also, I think I was a little blessed because I I was in a very uh, good close-knit church when I grew my photography business. So I think in addition to second shooting, I just got my little burst from like all my friends getting engaged at a young, like, and then using me. I think you were also older. That was, I started like my business when I was like 15, 16. Oh, that's true. Well, I had already had experience. Like I I was good at photography before I think I started weddings. So it wasn't like I I needed, but I agree. I was like still in high school and was like not planning to go full time with photography. It was just a side hobby that I was enjoying. Like, and I did shoot a couple of my own weddings in that year and a half with Laura. That makes sense. Well, I also, I, I was at the perfect age where literally all my church friends were yeah. getting married <laughs> and they were like, can you do our engagements? Can you do our wedding? And I was like, yes. Okay. And you're like, yes. Um, I second shot a ton when I moved uh, from Kansas to Hawaii. So this is also a really great opportunity where you can use second shooting to get portfolio in a new area. So if you, yeah. especially if your new area is visually different. So like, okay, if you're moving from like Boston to DC, maybe that doesn't matter because like, cities look like, I mean, okay, maybe DC like and Boston people would like yell at me for like the difference between those cities, but like you get it. Like it's it, the same you, concept of like urban. Yes. Yeah. You could use an urban shot shot in, or like an urban wedding shot in DC and market it towards Boston weddings. You're not going to be like, no one's going to be like questionable about that. <laughs> um, but for me moving from Kansas where I was getting portfolio in wheat fields and granted I had got a couple destination photos in California and just like different national parks. But like Kansas is very, 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 very visually different (laughs) than Hawaii. (laughs) And so when I moved there, I remembered I I forward marketed as much as possible, but a huge thing that I did was second shoot. The second I got on the Island, I remember before we moved and we knew that we were moving to Hawaii 30 days before we moved. So like not a lot of forward thinking and forward planning I had there, but the second I learned that we were moving to Hawaii, I started basically doing exactly what we just said, which is pitching and reaching out to local Hawaii photographers, sharing my... At, at that point, I had shot a lot of weddings by myself because it wasn't like I was baby brand new and I had a good chunk. It was just that I was moving to a new location and I mm-hmm. wanted to help um, get portfolio. And I said that straight up. I was like, hey, here's my... I, I basically did everything that we just taught you to do. Um, but I also said, hey, I'm really looking forward to joining like the photography community in Oahu. I'm really excited. Here's what I can do. Here's how I can serve you. And I, I got like five or six weddings booked like in that month from just mm-hmm. reaching out. And I, I think literally we moved to Oahu on a Thursday, like flew to Oahu on a Thursday. And I second shot that Saturday. Um, cause I, I had reached out beforehand. The hustle and grind of staying on top of content creation, running a business and being a creative entrepreneur can be exhausting some days where honestly a drive through and iced coffee feels kind of better than meal prep or trying the latest recipe from your feed. Yes. Not to mention trying to find cookware set that meets your aesthetics and your small space kitchen. Like it's exhausting, but don't worry. We got you. Oh yes. We are obsessed with the newest collection from Meyer cookware. And let's be honest, the stackability of the new accent series is absolutely amazing. Their new set is seriously gorgeous in matte black design, and we cannot stop talking about the vibes in our kitchen. Yes. If you're not familiar with Meyer, you can check them out on Instagram at Meyer Labs. Their diverse design team created a set designed for the ultimate minimalist lifestyle after traveling the world to discover what home cooks love or hate about their current cooking experiences. 
Okay, guys, but I'm not even kidding. This set is completely stackable, including the two universal lids. And if you can relate to a little cabinet chaos with lids being all over, honestly, your struggles are gone. We feel like professional home organizers now just because of this set. Yes, and not only that, but it has all the pieces you'll ever need. The nonstick pans are perfect for frying or searing your meat, chicken or salmon. Plus, there's a gorgeous stainless steel pot, perfect for veggies, and it even has an anti-boil-over design, which is so helpful. You can check them out at meyer.com forward slash heart or use code heart for 20% off your order. Listen up, entrepreneurs. Do you ever struggle with getting all of the nutrients that you need in a day? Because let's be real, you are busy as heck. Same. Introducing Athletic Greens. We've started taking AG1 because we wanted to see what all of the hype was about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Literally all the things. Yes, AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And a friend of ours describes it as white gummy bear flavor, and that is very accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in the winter months when you don't get as much sunlight. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash heart. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash heart to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. There's also something to be said, not only were you gaining portfolio in that location, but you were also using that as a really powerful marketing tool of you being able to showcase that you were out and shooting regularly. So even though, you know, an average Joe on the street, like scrolling by your Instagram wouldn't have been like, oh, these are only second shooting weddings. These aren't her main, like they're not going to know that at a glance. They're going to be like, wow, she is like consistently shooting weddings and she's, you know, doing the work what that did was get me experience in a bunch of different venues on Oahu that I would eventually then be working at as a main photographer. Oh, there's so much we could talk about there, but that's so good. The point is put yourself out there and you have to put in the work if you actually want to get to those gigs. What are you saying? We haven't even dived into how to now be a good second shooter on the day of, all right, let's jam guys. Let's jam. We're heading into it. This is the meat. This is what you've been waiting for. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe, maybe they were waiting for how to get the gigs. Maybe they weren't waiting for this, but this is also very good. You need to hear this. (laughs) All right. So how to be an actual dang good second shooter on a wedding day. Let's go. Number one, be proactive. Look for opportunities to step up. Don't, for the love of all that's holy, don't just sit in the corner waiting for the main photographer to tell you every single shot to to take. Like yeah. there, there is a balance. You don't want to step up and pretend that you're the main shooter and take control and dominion over them. Obviously yeah. don't do that. But you also don't want to be just little meek limp fish in the corner doing nothing. Like yeah. have a backbone, like step up and be a good second shooter. That's looking for opportunities to shoot and serve and take them. That makes you, sense. You want to take initiative and you want to be able you know, think through the perspective, which, which we'll be getting to, to this in a minute, but think from the perspective of how can I make the main shooter look really good? How can I get them yeah. even more shots? Uh, you know, all of that. The next thing, which we'll talk about that in a second, but the next thing is be humble and teachable. Like don't, don't be the hot shot. Don't think you're all that. I don't care how much experience you have. I don't care if you are Lindsay Roman, second shooting for whoever. You come in with a humble and teachable perspective of how can I, you know, really 
serve this main photographer. So if the main shooter makes a suggestion to you of, hey, could you actually shoot even closer up or further back? Or could you go take the guys and blah, blah, blah. If, if they make a suggestion or a request of you, listen. If they ask you to run and grab something, run and grab it. And I know yeah. there are times I've talked to you you know, photographers who are just starting to work with second shooters. And this will be a whole other episode in of itself. But they've asked me, you know, oh, I just, I don't want the second shooter to feel like I'm pushing them around. That is, that is your job as the main shooter to do your job as well as you can. And sometimes that means that I'm, I don't have hesitancy with this, but sometimes that means I'm asking my second shooter to go get me a glass of water period. And I don't have any shame in that. It's, Hey, I'm dehydrated. I need like more energy. I'm feeling like hot and sweaty. I need to be focused. I need to stay here with my couple, go grab me something cold to drink. Like, and I don't feel shame in that. So if if a main shooter asks you to do like, Hey, can you go grab my backpack? Hey, can you go grab me a water? Hey, can you, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're not pushing you around. That's not like a bad thing to ask. That is truly your job as the second shooter to assist them in any way, not just taking a shot, but grabbing something if they need it or going to communicate with the coordinator if they need it or whatever. So be willing to be flexible and work with them with whatever they need. I mean, your focus, like she just said, is serving the heck out of the main photographer. It's it's not about you. It's not making the wedding about you. It's not even like sidely promoting your own business or handing out your own business cards. Absolutely not. You are an extension of the main like brand, which is the main photographer. It is not about you and your own business. It's not about you getting the absolute best shots, which I guess is is the next thing, kind of the next point is be attentive and look to shoot where the main shooter is not. If you are Mm -hmm. there to serve the couple and not selfishly be there for yourself, you're not trying to shoot right behind the main shooter's like shoulder just to get like the quote unquote, like money shot, right? You're looking to fill in the gaps of the couple's gallery. That's really going to serve them on their wedding day. That's what a dang good second shooter does. Mm -hmm. A bad second shooter literally sits behind the main shooter and takes the exact same, like, how is that helping anybody? It's not. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's just more for the main shooter to call through. Um, with that being said, check in with your photographer throughout the day. That's a big thing. Like ask Mm -hmm. them, Hey, am I, where do you want me for the ceremony? You know, would you like for me to be opposite side of the sanctuary or, you know, the the venue or whatever? Do you want me to be getting more wide shots while you're getting close up? Do you want me like, and you don't have to be that specific. You can truly just ask, you know, Hey, do you, if they don't communicate that to you already be like, Hey, is there anything else I can do for you? Do you need blah, blah, blah. Just check in, communicate with your main shooter and we'll do a whole other episode on main shooters and how to communicate with seconds. But your main shooter should be communicating a bunch with you unless you've worked together a bunch and there's just not a need. If it's your first time working with someone, they should be already yeah. telling you their expectations and you know what to do. But if they haven't, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to be like, hey, where do you want me for the ceremony? Hey, how can I serve you best during family photos? Would you like for me... You know, Ask them questions. That's a, a big thing. That's good. Also, just to give a visual representation or like maybe some examples of how you cannot be like shooting over the main shooter's shoulder. Think of a scenario like um, the speeches during the reception. Your main shooter is probably going to be focusing on the bride and groom and the person that's talking, like the mm-hmm. best man or whoever. What you, I mean, again, ask them what they prefer, but something that could really be an asset to the gallery in that scenario is getting the laughter of the crowd in yeah. that scenario. It's not just getting the same shot or, you know, you can take that example throughout the whole thing. Like maybe it's during the dance party, like the couple is, is dancing or maybe during the first dance or, or whatever. 
the main shooter is getting that, but you see like their nieces in the corner that are like kind of doing the same thing. Like that's such a cute shot that they can't get. Like that's the mm-hmm. entire reason for a second shooter is or, to get the moments that, that the main shooter can't. Yeah. Or, you know, during the speech that the sister is giving a speech to the bride, maid of honor, who is the sister is giving a speech to the bride and the mom and dad of both girls are crying in the corner. And the main photographer might notice that they might not because their focus might be purely on the speech and the, uh, the speech giver and the bride and groom. Yeah. And you notice the tears and you begin like zooming in and getting, you know, like that, that emotional shot from the parents and just, just think creatively. That's basically what we're saying and take initiative and be attentive with that. Uh, Lindsay has so something good. to say. <laughs> okay. Well, this next one is, I think the biggest question that ha- beginners have about second shooting. I have heard so many times second shooters that get so frustrated. And and I think it's just because they are maybe are not understanding how the industry works and what is pretty common in the industry, but they get so upset because they're like, I literally am doing this for a portfolio. And my second, like my main is not letting me use the portfolio at all. So I just want to say it is not uncommon to not be able to share the work um, in your own portfolio. The main reason that you are second shooting is as a asset to the main photographer um, and and to serve them and to get experience. Portfolio is an absolute bonus. It should not probably be the absolute one. And obviously I know that like everyone wants portfolio, but again, you're not there to get the the main shots, right? You're there to get the bonus shots that are going to really be an asset to the, to the gallery. Um, And so I will say this is not a hard and fast rule, but typically most photographers will let you use the photos that you took for a portfolio. As long as I think you wait like a month or two, it might be different for every photographer um, or after the delivery to the client to share them publicly online. And I know a lot of people that say like, don't, don't, uh, either tag the photographer. I've worked for photographers that have, or sorry, don't tag the couple is what I mean, like on Instagram. Um, I've also, I've second shot a wedding where the photographer said, you cannot share any photos of the bride and groom's face. And I was like, okay. But I mean, think how you can get creative with that. Like a faraway shot of them walking in the distance and it's like a dope Hawaii shot. Okay, maybe it's not Hawaii, but you get what I'm saying. Like you can, you you can still, in a sense, be creative. But, but again, your main point, Mm -hmm. um, is not there for portfolio building, even though that is a huge bonus. Um, yeah. And sometimes a lot of people say like, as long as you don't submit, you can use them for your portfolio as long as you don't submit any from any photos from this wedding for like any feature publications or use them in any paid advertising for your business. Because mm-hmm. again, those usually what the contract for a second shooter says is the all the photos that you take, the main is like, that is their work. Even though it's, that kind of feels it, weird. It's their copyright. Yeah. yeah, it's their copyright. You do not own those photos, which I know if you're a beginner photographer, I think I, I've seen so many, especially in photography Facebook groups, I've seen so many people be confused about that because they're like, I'm sorry, I it's my camera. I took the photos. And it's like, no, you are an extention. Like we just said of the main shooter on that day, everything mm-hmm. that you take is theirs. And yeah. that's just the way it is. Yeah, you're working for them with their clients on their wedding day under their business and their brand. And th- this is a whole other conversation for the main shooters. But most likely they're going to have a contract and you just need to be aware of that and, and read through it. Or if they don't have a contract, ask them, hey, w- will I be able to use these for my own portfolio? I'm happy to, you know, uh, not tag the clients and I will, you know, if you want to, I can say second shot for at your name, like main shooter photography, you know, whatever. Like just be willing to communicate through that and don't be shocked if somebody does have some rules around that. I know I personally have a rule that my second shooters can't post the photos until after gallery delivery, which is 30 days. So, you know, that's that's just, I just don't want my clients seeing more photos of their work starting, like their wedding starting popping up that 
aren't edited by me, aren't from me. So I don't want them like resharing those or getting confused or being like, Hey, how come your second's editing these and you haven't edited them? You know, like there's just a lot with that. So don't be shocked with that. And then the last thing is never communicate with the couple directly. That is not your job. So for example, if the couple reaches out to you after the wedding, asking something because the main shooter isn't responding or, you know, being like, Hey, I like, if you did post photos prior to the 30 days, cause that wasn't a rule or whatever. If they're like, Hey, could you send me like all of these edited photos? I'd love to get them. Cause I feel like that happens more <laughs> often than not. Cause I think often clients also don't understand the etiquette of photography. They don't fully realize like the second shooter is not the main shooter. And the main shooter is probably still like chugging away at their own gallery and like editing and has double the photos to edit that the second shooter has. And anyways, yeah. What would you say to that, Lindsay? Somebody who's like a couple reaches out to a second shooter, what would you say? I would, I as the second shooter, I would explain to the couple, hey, like I'm actually not, I'm not your contracted photographer. I was, wor- I was working for the main photographer. Um, so I would highly recommend like, if you have any questions, I can't send these to you because I don't own these photos. I'm just using them for my portfolio. But again, that gets tricky when you're sharing. But yeah, I would just, again, forward it all to the main photographer and tell the yep. couple to like handle all communication with the main photographer because you are, if you get involved, now you've just created a situation in between yep. the main photographer and the couple and it, you get, you're just stuck in a situ- sticky situation. Um, yeah. I would just also remove yourself. I would also loop in the main photographer if I was going based on best etiquette. Yeah. I would I would send a screenshot of the DM or comment or you know text or whatever happened to the main photographer and be like, "Hey, so and so reached out to me. I told them blank. You can see in my text. I just wanted to let you know, you know, so you can be aware of like what they've asked of me or whatever. Just that's best etiquette and how to be a freaking dang good second shooter from you know day of to end of day." Um, Something else to ask in communication, I didn't. I just thought of this prior to the wedding day, is if your main photographer has not already communicated dress code, ask them dress code. Like ask oh, yeah. them, hey, you know, would you like for me to wear all black? Do you want me in business professional, business casual? You know, basically just ask. The main shooter should be communicating that to you if they're experienced or it should be in the contract and emails and whatnot. But if they haven't asked, ask them. Make sure that you're, mm-hmm. you're dressing according to what they're desiring because you are representing them and their brand. That's so good. That's so good. Well, we hope this episode was helpful. Send it to any, like if you know of a photographer that's just started and they're trying to get into second shooting, um, send this episode to them. I think that would be very helpful. And if you love this episode, if you want us to do another episode on second shooting, but from the main's perspective and kind of like the etiquette of how to like coach and, and have a second shooter. I have so that- much to say. So please ask us to give that episode. <laughs> <laughs> So good. So good. Yeah. But if you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it on your Instagram. Come join the Heart and Hustle podcast Facebook group. It is, uh, the link is in the show notes. It's a party in there and we will see you on the next episode.